Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 86. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Delil Springer. This week on Forest FM, we're all about understanding who you really work with and what makes your clients tick. Our guest on the show is Melanie Ike, Forest Executive of People in Education and Lifelong Salon Consultant. As always, we talk off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Morning, Killian. So it's weird, um, finally announcing uh, workshop speakers for the summit, which means it's basically only just around the corner now at this stage. We've already had clients emailing in asking for recommendations of stuff to do because they're coming over for New Year's, coming over from the States and looking for things to do. So we're trying to find stuff real quick. <laughs> yeah, fall is going to roll over real fast and then it's going to be winter. And next thing you know, we're going to be celebrating Christmas and New Year's and then it's the summit. So speaking of the summit, we had two announcements. One was Steve Gomez, and then the second announcement was our very own Melanie Ike. So welcome to the show, Melanie. Hi, thank you. It's great to have you on after all these workshops inside Forest, now spreading the knowledge outside Forest. I find it funny because you weren't nervous about it, but you were kind of like a little bit, I suppose, excitable for it. And like all the talks you do anyway, and the podcast is the one that makes her nervous. Yeah, I think, you know, that's because it's with people I work with. Yeah. <laughs> You're being judged and held to a really high standard. So I don't want to let you guys down. No pressure. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So before we actually kick it off, I suppose, do you want to give a, our listeners a bit of background about yourself? Like how long you've been in the industry? What role did you play? You've been a consultant. How did you end up in Forest? Okay, uh, I'll try and keep it really, really brief because it can get boring. <laughs> but um, I've been in the industry in lots of different ways for more years than I'm actually going to say. Um, and I've worked in training in the industry. I worked for a long time in direct selling, um, running a big sales team, sales management. And all of my career seems to have, have taken me to places that are related to the hair and beauty industry. And so some years ago, um, having done lots of work with different companies, I decided to specialize in the hair and beauty industry and the spa and salon business and start taking out some kind of business consultancy to salons who really knew loads about delivering brilliant service, but probably hadn't got the business knowledge that, that I wanted to share. And so I've done that for a long, long time. Um, working with some big salon groups, working with spa groups and working with independents as well. And then really it was just um, serendipity that brought me to Forest, a mutual friend that have said to me, you know, have you ever thought about going back and working for someone? And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and then about two weeks later, I found myself sitting in front of uh, Ronan discussing becoming head of education here. So yeah, so it was a chance thing that, that brought me here sort of over two years ago now. Yeah, I remember. I actually remember we were in the old office. I remember meeting you for the first time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and now she's my direct line manager. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'm more nervous than he is, which seems mad to me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you were saying that you came over onboarded for education, but it's now people in education, and we've only seen that transition in the last year because since I've joined your department as well. So what to anyone listening out there? What does it mean, people and education? Okay, so there's always been a, an educational training function at Forest, and that's primarily for client training. So one of the things we believe in absolutely passionately, as you'll know, Killian, from, from working with me, is that um, we have to provide really good support and education for clients 
applying for a software because naturally enough, it really is only beneficial to them if they really use it properly and understand how it can grow their business. So having the education team, that's been in place a long time. And we've kind of gone from strength to strength, increasing every year the number of trainers and the number of trainings that we provide. Um, but as we also ourselves are growing as a business, and we've been you know, scaling business for some time now, it's become really clear that we also internally need some support. And so the people function really has grown out of necessity because of the size that we now are. And although it's still in its kind of infancy, it's really a department, I suppose, most similar in most organizations to an HR department, but less structured than a conventional corporate HR department would be. And our remit really is to make sure that anything that touches the lives of employees and people in the organization is taken care of and looked after. And we're responsible for working with the other execs to look at how do we scale this business. So if we need to take on, let's say, another 100 employees over the next three years, where are those people coming from? How are they going to be trained? What does that mean about the culture of the company? How do we support people through that time? So anything to do with people coming into the business, moving around the business, um, kind of falls into our remit. Although, it, as I say, it's very early days. Yeah, I've seen loads of improvements, loads of things that have changed just from moving back home, talking with you, uh, meeting different people, like organizing remote sessions and, you know, all of that. Like it's definitely had an impact. And you make a good point, Zoe, because actually the remote culture is a big part of our remit. And, you know, as we expand and we've got people like yourselves living um, all over the world and new offices, it's really important that we don't compromise the experience of working for Forest and being part of that community just because of where you're physically located. So that's been a real priority this year. So glad to hear that that's having some impact. Yeah, definitely. And so like as Kirlene was saying, you were just recently announced as a speaker for one of our workshops at the summit. Uh, I know you were at the summit last year and, and without spilling too much of the beans, what is this? Because essentially your, your workshop title is getting to know you. Yeah, so DISC is a phenomenal communication and behavioral tool. It's something that I discovered many, many years ago, and I've used it in different forms and guises over the years with lots of individuals and groups. And I pretty much think it almost never fails to interest. It never fails to entertain. Um, but it really does help people with communication and behavior, particularly in the workplace. So it is a profiling tool at its most complex, I guess. But there are really simple ways that we can use it. So, you know, when I've done uh, DISC workshops that, that you guys have been to within Forest, uh, we've done the kind of full-blown workshop and you've all completed the online questionnaire and ended up with a, a really comprehensive profile about your own personal communication style and how to work with other people. Obviously, at the summit, we're not going to be able to do that big profiling exercise. But what I'm really wanting to do is kind of distill the essence of what DISC is about and why we use it and bring to the summit some simple exercises that people can take away and do in their own salons if they want to do that, that helps us understand the difference in people. And really, DISC in its simplest form is that it's understanding that what's important to me and what I value and what motivates me and therefore how I behave will be very different to maybe Zoe or Killian, what motivates you. In fact, all three of us are quite different profiles as it happens. And so that means that we have a different attitude towards risk. 
We probably have different behaviors in the workplace. Our priorities are different. Our speed of working, our choice of words, everything about us will probably be different. And although we intrinsically know that about people, on the surface, we might put those things down to, or that's not my kind of person, or we don't really see eye to eye, or we always fall out in meetings, or whatever that might be. And that kind of can breed conflict in the workplace. It can make people feel uncomfortable with other people when it's actually not the person that you have issue with, but maybe some of the way the behaviours are being presented. So I like to think of DISC as a really fabulous secret decoder that helps us identify. DISC is built up on a a circular map of four distinct behavioural profile types, but but there's lots lots more than just four. And it helps us understand by listening to somebody, by looking at somebody's body language, by hearing the words that they might choose to use. It helps us locate them on that behavioral map. And then knowing where you might live on the map and where the other person might live, then rather than taking issue with each other personally, you can start to understand why that person might be responding in a particular way, because it's about what's important to them, what they value, what motivates them, which, as I say, might be quite different to you. So if we were to put like a concrete example and say, just take Killian and I co-hosting the podcast, I was profiled as a C, Killian was profiled as an S. What does that really mean? Okay, so some real quick fundamental differences. So C is the conscientiousness profile, which you you really embody that profile, Zoe. And Killian is an S profile, which stands for steadiness. So what that means is you have some, because you're adjacent to each other on the map, so you're the two um, bottom half quadrants, left and right. So you're the left quadrant, Killian's the right. So you do have some things in common, which are things like stability. So your two profiles are the profiles that probably least would like change. So it might take you longer to adapt to change or become used to new ideas than maybe somebody in the top two quadrants of the map. But then the difference is, is that Killian is on the right hand side of the map, which tends to be more about people. And he's from a very supportive, collaborative place. So it's about working in a team, working with people and, you know, really enjoying that individual contribution that you're making to a group of people. Your profile is more defined by the need to be accurate and to challenge things that you don't agree with or challenge the status quo or look for ways to to make improvements. So you wouldn't be necessarily scared to confront something that you didn't think was right, Zoe, where Killian might find that very much more difficult. So he, just to go along with keeping things happy in the status quo, he might put up with things that he didn't necessarily agree with. So you two are really good examples of kind of being the opposite side. So you're driven much more by task, mm-hmm. whereas Killian would be much more driven by team. And then the other two profiles at the top of the circle, on the top left, so on the same side of the circle as you, again, a task-driven profile is the profile D, which stands for dominance. And then above Killian's profile on the right-hand side of the map would be I, and that's the influencer profile. So D and I both share the need for action, so getting stuff done, moving quickly. Um, But D is very much more an individual profile, so it's challenging and driving for results. 
where I sit on the people side, like Killian's profile, which is about enthusiasm and collaboration. So D might just be about get the task done and get a result. I might be about still getting things done, but driving through people rather than tasks. So there's like four quadrants here, and we already have pretty much 75% of it on this podcast here. Like, are you pretty much restricted into that quarter or could you like flex into someone else's personality? Like, how would you use this now when you're walking into a meeting? Okay, so yes, you can flex. The real key, which is what we're going to be covering at the summit, is how to read somebody's profile. And I've got a really fun exercise that we're going to be doing together to to learn how to use DISC in its real simplest form. But DISC only works when you as an individual, so my profile's a D, for example, If I'm able to read that Killian's an S, you're obviously the furthest stretch away from me on the DISC map. So I know if I just behave in conventional D behavior, that's going to be really difficult to communicate to Killian because his motivation, his vocabulary, his behavior is very different to mine. So as an example, we're going to work at a different pace. So we need to be able to communicate about that so that that doesn't build a frustration between us. The key to using DISC effectively is being able to flex your behavior. Really, that's what it's all about. Reading someone else's behavior and then working out how's best to communicate with that person. So I gave you some examples there of of how Killian and I might work together. So, So if you take your profile, which is C, that is quite a fixed profile. And it's a profile that can be very individual in terms of working by yourself, being a senior individual contributor, that kind of thing. Less so a collaborative one than than Killian's. But recognizing that and then learning some ways to flex are really the keys to making it useful for you because it's a communication tool. And what we're looking for is to say, look, Zoe, we know your preferred way is like this, but if you need to communicate with somebody that's like that, you need to, to learn some flexing tools, not so that you become disingenuous or you know lacking in authenticity, not pretending to be someone else. So you're owning your profile, but you're using some language and some speed and some ways of behaving that are accessible to the person in the other profile. A really easy way that I describe it is, if you think of it as each of those quadrants, suppose each of those were a different country, and each spoke a different language. The fewer languages that you're able to speak, the less you're able to communicate with people. So you might be really fluent in English, and that's great, but that means you can only speak to people who understand English. If you then become quite fluent in, let's say, German, then you're doubling the number of people that you can impact with. And then you might learn a tiny bit of French and an even smaller bit of Italian. But each of the times you're doing that, you're expanding the people that you can communicate to effectively. So that's really an example of how the tool might work. Yeah, I have to say, like, it's, it's been incredibly beneficial since when did you started this workshop last year, wasn't it, in Forest here? Yeah, I think I first brought um, DISC across when I very, very first started as head of the education team. I used it with the, the trainer team then to sort of build up some communication skills and get to know each other really well. And it was a real success. And uh, then I kind of battled it out to say, we need to do this across the company. And I think, yeah, probably about 18 months ago, we actually started rolling out the workshops. 
because I remember, yeah, it would have been 18 months ago because myself and Zoe were actually both on the same team at that time. We were both in marketing. When you brought it in, I have to say, when DISC was going around between the different departments, we were one of the last ones to do it. We we're kind of like, what is this? Is it just another personality test? It was, I suppose, we didn't know what it was, but when we did it, you got a much better understanding of who your colleagues were and if someone fell into the default, why they were falling into the default setting, how you can kind of pull them back out of it to collaborate better. And yeah. you can see the teams working so much more smoothly now together and ever since moving over, trying to really utilize it and really adopt it. Every, the wheels just turn so much better when you understand who you're working with. Yeah. So yeah. moving on from, I suppose, understanding your, your colleagues, what about your clients? Because you wouldn't spend as much time with your clients. So is it just as easy to identify those profiles? Absolutely. And when you're going to be using this in a salon with your clients, obviously, you're probably looking at different aspects of, of profile than you might be looking at with your colleagues that you're working with every day. So in a salon, you can use this both with your colleagues. And I think this is a really fun thing to do as kind of a team build or even if you're doing sort of a salon meeting, it's a great thing to do. And we'll be covering how to do it at the summit. But with your clients, you will see that client behaviors do fall into those four quadrants. One of the things I experience is that salons very often that, you know, the therapists, the stylists are reluctant to spend much time on retailing and find it really difficult to cope with the rejection of no thanks, I don't want it. And so retail can often be a difficult thing for salons to conquer. And some of the clients, particularly a D category client, actually, D profile client, would be seen by therapists and stylists maybe as a bit intimidating, maybe a bit unfriendly. Sometimes that uh, dominance behavior can be seen as being rude. And so stylists and therapists might feel a little bit uncomfortable or nervous about approaching that type of client or customer to buy retail. But actually, if you understand what the priorities of that D-profile person are, you would realize that they're the people that probably are most likely to buy from you, but you have to get it right. And we'll be talking at the summit about how you go about getting it right. But I did this as a, a workshop with a, a group of spas, actually, in the north of England who absolutely loved it. And literally after one workshop, they increased their retail percentage by 40%. So, you know, if you use it really constructively as a business tool, you can have loads of fun with it, but you can make a lot of money too. And, and that's really what we're about. We're about growing the salon's business. So you've actually seen a direct correlation between salons who've done DISC and their bottom line results. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I have a testimonial that says what their improvement in retail was. And it was a 40% uplift in their retail business, which was phenomenal. And I mean, you know, I went back and did a lot of work with that particular uh, group of spas because they'd seen the ability to grow their business and they weren't scared of retailing anymore. And I think that's a really, really important transition. If you can actually get your team enthused about retail and not feel scared of the client saying no or not feeling unprepared as to how to approach the client, um, you can really make a big impact. And, you know, most salons and spas really do offer commission, really good commission for selling retail. I know not everybody does, but 
we really want people that work in these salons to earn more money. We want the salons themselves to grow their revenue and to be more profitable. And, and retail is a really good way of doing that. But you can use DISC just to improve your relationships with your clients, just to make your clients have a better experience and just to feel more comfortable actually in having that conversation. Because some people sit in the chair and have a really easy 60 minutes chat and other people can sit there in a slightly uncomfortable silence. And some clients want that silence and that's fine, but it's just understanding how to read the behavior to do what's right for that client because no two clients are the same people. So the attendees at the summit will be getting concrete exercises to bring back to the salon, to the spa, if they wanted to do that. If, obviously, any, anyone listening to this podcast who isn't a forest client will not be, um, unfortunately, be able to attend the summit, but what can they do if they're into this? How can they get something like that done in their salon? Can they host the session themselves? Is there like a list of professional DISC trainers or, or workshops that they can attend? You do have to be accredited facilitator. So, you know, DISC is quite an intensive tool and it's at its most complex and it has lots of different applications. So you do have to be accredited to, to be able to deliver it. But there are lots of people that do it. You know, if you uh, look on probably LinkedIn or somewhere like that, I'm sure you'd find somebody locally in the area that could do it. There are some really simple exercises that you could probably just Google, actually, you know, if you Google something like, you know, people reading exercises using DISC, I'm sure that would come up with a great search for you. And yeah, as you say, at the summit, we will be giving people that come to the summit a little handout to show how they can actually facilitate this exercise. Really simple exercise. It's going to take sort of 10 minutes, nothing more than that, in their own salon. And I think in my experience, salons that do this have so much fun doing it and discussing what profile they think each other are. It's a great team building exercise that then you get the kind of great camaraderie between colleagues. And then the spin-off is obviously that they can use it with clients. So, so it's kind of win-win really. But, you know, also we want retail to become part of everyday life, part of everyday communication, that we don't have to think today I'm doing retail, that retail part of our service just becomes habit yeah just comes yeah. from the education yeah. of the product yeah totally and actually most times that i work with um salons or spas about this kind of thing we actually ban the word retail because i think psychologically lots of therapists and stylists just switch off when they hear it's time to talk about retail because they, they don't like it yeah we were talking about home care or rebranding it and anything like that that put people at ease i suppose yeah home care yeah. aftercare absolutely. Even care factor yeah. absolutely yeah, there's lots of ways we can describe it. Cool. So looking forward to that talk anyway. Um, any final thoughts? Any, I suppose, coming up to the workshop? Anything people could try now? I think just one of those things is to have a really open mind that when you have somebody in your salon that you might think of as a difficult member of staff or you might think of as a difficult client, take a step back from making that judgment or from feeling that conflict and ask yourself why they might be appearing to you like that. And almost certainly, the people that you have most challenge with are going to lie diagonally opposite you on the circle. So you have the longest journey to go because you have more difference than any other two profiles. And so you can just start, even without knowing anything about DISC, try and understand that what might be important to that other person might be different to what's important to you. 
So if you've changed something in the salon and someone reacts badly to it, they may not just be being difficult or stroppy. It might be genuinely difficult for them to get their head around it. So actually just spend a few minutes every day just talking to your team and finding out what they really think rather than just making those assumptions. Well, listen, thanks a million for joining us on the show, Mel, and really excited for that workshop. So everyone, get going. (laughs) Yes, walk up to the workshop. Can't wait. Yeah, Salon Owner Summit, Monday, January 7th of 2019. It's going to come up real fast. So yeah, very excited for the DIS workshop. And even though we've done it ourselves, I think I'm actually going to just pop in at the end of one of those and catch it myself again, because it's good to... um, It's a good refresher. Yeah, it's a really good refresher, but... We also have this website where we can go and link and we can actually find out our colleagues' profiles. And we have a big, if you look at this, it's a big circular chart. We have each person on our team, their faces in their area. So it's good to just get a refresher of each other's default settings. And it's just brilliant for prepping for meetings and can't, uh, can't emphasize this one enough. So this brings us up now to the second half, which is your webinars and your trade shows, or well, forest trade shows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Like you were saying, next is trade show season. So we have a trade show that we're going to be at in London on September 30th and October 1st. We'll be at Olympia Beauty. So if you're in that area, come say hi. We're going to be on booth C70. It's bound to be a really cool weekend. Olympia Beauty is always loads of fun. So come along, come say hi. Um, if you have any questions about Forest or want a demo or just want to have a chat with one of our salon business advisors, we're going to be there. And so if you are looking for tickets to that event, go on to our Facebook page, go to the event section. There's an event there that we've called Forest Salon Software at Olympia Beauty. You click on the get ticket links and it'll bring you straight to the Olympia Beauty website where the official registration happens. So that's it for us today. If you have any feedback on this episode, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. We're always looking for suggestions on how to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best.